I give honor to God, who is the head of my life, my awesome wife, who has always been there for me, and uh, our awesome pastors, because they need a time of rest. They need a time of restoring, a time of recharging. And that's an awesome word that uh, God brought forth today as it pertains to recharging and how we also need to recharge. So those are some of the things we're talking about today and thinking about as we go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, O God. We praise you, we magnify you, and we glorify you. You are worthy to be praised. You are magnificent, wonderful, and powerful. O God, I decrease right now so you may increase in me. Have your way in this service tonight, O God, that I didn't come here in any form or fashion, but I come here that your will may be done tonight through me, O God, that your word may change lives, O God, that your word may bring revelation and confirmation, O God, and rejuvenation to us all, to rejuvenate us, to push us toward that mark, O God. And I thank you that the word may fall on good ground and take root and sprout up into our lives, that we may go forth and do what thus saith the Lord. And we thank you, O God, and we ask for all of these things in your holy and precious name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody knows that spring is here, uh, and it is a time of renewing, refreshing, and recharging. I believe God is showing us something special as it relates to recharging as I talked about in the pastors being a way to get that recharge that we all need. When we think of the word recharge, most of us may immediately think of sitting, relaxing, and just getting in a mode of letting our body restore itself. That's one way, and those are all correct forms, even uh, recharging a battery, uh, recharging an engine, or recharging a phone. Those are all good correlations as it relates to recharging. I can remember the story about uh, four older women, uh, because we all need to recharge, but I can remember a story about four older women uh, going for a Sunday drive. They were out going for a Sunday drive, and they was pulled over by a state trooper on the highway. And the state trooper came up to the door. Uh, the lady rolled down the window. He asked her, hey, ma'am, do you know how fast you were going? She said, yeah, I was going the speed limit. I was going 70. He said, no, ma'am, the speed limit is 50. You're on Highway 70. And then he looked in the back seat and looked at the women in the back, and they were shaking. Said, we just got off Interstate 105. <laughs> Y'all will get that tomorrow. They were just out for a drive, just recharging. Somebody say Amen. That's one way of getting recharged. We look around, we see that everything needs to be charged at once, uh, at some time or another. Even our bodies need to be recharged. God made our bodies similar to rechargeable batteries in the sense that we can only function for a certain amount of time until we need that recharge. Uh, and eventually gain more energy once we have been recharged or charged again. What I find strange is that every time my phone gets to a low point, it seems like I need it more. And we're the same way. It seems like every time we get down to a low point, somebody needs us more. They're tugging on us more. More is required. More is demanded of us as part of that recharging. And that's how God uh, really showed me another way and another meaning of recharge. Uh, somebody say amen. amen. So let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 
13. And as we look at this, we will see how this scripture relates to us recharging in different ways. Matthew chapter 14, start at verse 13. You have it? Say amen. You don't have it? Say wait on me. We high tech. We got it on the screen. You ain't even got to worry about it. So when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now, those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Somebody say, a little is much when you give it to Jesus. Oh, say it like you mean it. A little is much when you give it to Jesus. Amen. So immediately, verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. See, Jesus was very tired by now. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary, not in agreement, doing whatever it wanted to do. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. So if I had to put a topic on this text for your remembrance, it would be recharge means more than to recharge. Let me say that again. Recharge means more than to recharge. See, we understand there are several definitions for the word, for the word recharge. Recharge means to charge again, especially to re-energize a battery, to revive or restore energy, stamina, enthusiasm, etc. Jesus is showing us three things from this passage that I just read in Matthew chapter 14. Three things. The three things he's showing us is recharge during exceptional times of emotions, recharge when you are needed, recharge and come back to do great things. Recharge during exceptional times of emotions, recharge when you are needed, recharge and come back to do great things. So first of all, we know that Jesus encountered a very emotional experience right now. John was placed into prison for speaking against Herod, uh, who the wife of Herodias. Uh, so he was beheaded after request. Was I mean the um, daughter? Yeah, the uh, the husband of Herodias, whose daughter was dancing for the king, and the king Herod promised that you can get whatever you want. And the mother, who was mad at John, told the king to, he, she wanted uh, John the Baptist's head on a platter. So that's what happened. 
and the word got back to Jesus, and Jesus was very upset during this. So right before this in chapter 14, Jesus just encountered a very emotional time. He had just lost his cousin. This is his real cousin. His mom and John's mom were cousins. They were so close, if you remember that, when Mary walked into the house where Elizabeth was, John leaped, what John leaped in her womb. This how close they were. So you can imagine what Jesus was going through at this time. And then at the same time, Elizabeth also was filled with the Holy Spirit at that moment when John leaped in her womb. And John was also paving the way for Jesus. John set everything in motion for him. And then John also baptized Jesus. So they were close. I'm talking about they were thick and thin, two peas in a pod. What is that? Ace Boon Coon. They were best buddies. So you can imagine what Jesus was facing at this time, uh, during this time of mourning and emotion. So his first thought was to take himself out of the situation and look for a place to recharge. He was on emotional stress. He needed to go to a place that he can just recharge, rejuvenate, and just focus and just think about all the things that were happening. So he went on his way, and he was able to recharge during the exceptional time of emotions for a short period of time, as we see in the scripture. Because like I said, once our battery is down low, that's when they need us more. That's when we need to really show up and show out. So we can relate to Jesus in a sense where we face times in our lives when we need to get away because of some things that we are dealing with. It can be a multiple situations coming at us once, at once, so we can be in a heated situation or conversation. And sometimes the best thing to do when you're in a heated situation or conversation is just to walk away. And Jesus showed us that example. There are many times we're going to be in the midst of a stressful situation, and the best thing to do is just to pull ourselves away from that and go out and get some fresh air if possible. It's kind of funny now. It wasn't funny back then, but I can remember a few months ago as I was on one of my ship trips in Spain, I was just out walking, uh, enjoying myself, get some fresh air. And as I was walking, it was a, a young lady in front of me who was walking. So she sped up, so I sped up. She started running, so I started running. She started screaming, so I started screaming. And I was running past her, and she caught up with me. I said, what are you running from? She said, I thought you were chasing me. <laughs> I thought somebody was chasing both of us. So we're just out recharging. Just out getting a recharge. Somebody say recharge. Oh, say it like you mean it. Recharge. Hallelujah. So we move down to verse 14. Jesus had a little rest and came out and saw the multitude there. So he started doing what he knew to do, which is heal and serve others. So everybody came because they heard the news. They didn't have internet. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Twitter. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have any of this stuff, but they heard the news. And this is what was so amazing. They came to help Jesus. They came to help him and serve him. But what did he do? He, in turn, served them. So Jesus, in verse 14, he started to heal them. And sometimes instead of getting all caught up in ourselves or getting that big tub of ice cream and go and sit on that couch and pull up Netflix and reruns of different movies and get into our sob story moment, uh, Jesus is showing us that we can get in a position of recharging to go out and help others. So Jesus was able to turn his hurting into healing. 
we all face stuff. And science has proven that some of the most powerful energy that can be harnessed is negative energy. So it's up to us to get those feelings, those emotions that's bottled up. We get those feelings and emotions because we're humans. We're natural, and that's what's going to happen. We get those feelings and emotions, and we don't let the devil win. We turn those into things positive. We take that energy that's building on us. The boss is messing with us. Things are not going perfect at home. All of these things are going on. We're not dwelling on that. We're not dwelling on that. We're recharging ourselves, and we're going out and taking this powerful energy, and we're going out to do great things. So Jesus was able to turn his hurting into healing. Somebody say amen. amen. Then verse 15 shows that the disciples were hating on Jesus just a little. They said, when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. Sometimes you will find yourself in your flow. Jesus was in his flow. He was healing. He was doing what he liked to do and doing what you're called to do. And somebody will pretend that they know you better than you know yourself. They will pretend that they know you better than you know yourself. Tell your neighbor, you don't know me. You don't know me. Oh, y'all scared. Y'all in here by yourself. So you're in your floor and you're doing what you love. And somebody is saying, why are you doing this for them? Why did you give them that money? Why are you helping them? You live in Portsmouth. Why are you driving to Suffolk to pick them up? You're all the way in Newport News and you taking them food? I know their family is sick, but don't they have other family to help them? Why are you fixing plates? For them, we're hungry too. They're trying to tell you what to do. They're trying to tell you that they know what you know better than them. Watch this. Then they say, this is what you should be doing. They always follow up with that. This is what you should be doing. So everybody wants to tell you what to do like you don't know what's going on. Like you don't know the right things to do. Like you don't have a relationship with God. So check this out. So Jesus says in verse 16, I love this. Jesus is smart. He said, but Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. So people come to you talking all that mess, telling you what you need to do. Jesus said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. You don't tell me. So Jesus is telling them, you don't tell me what to do. You don't tell me how to live my life. Matter of fact, you're going to help me. God is so awesome that he can make those same people help you who were telling you not to do certain things or to help certain people. They end up doing most of the work, giving most of the money, doing most of the volunteering, driving farther than you, than you would have drove, uh, cleaning more than you would have cleaned, uh, serving more than you would have served because of that position, that position that you have, that position, that relationship that you have with Jesus, that relationship, that authority that you have, that you're claiming. So Jesus was able to claim that and show forth that. And sometimes you may have those people that will give you thousands of reasons why your idea just won't work. They always have a reason why your idea won't work. Look at verse 17. Check this out. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. 
So right before that, Jesus had the idea, don't tell them to go anywhere, feed them, bring them here. And then they made, it, they made an excuse, excuse why his idea wouldn't work. They said, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. Look at God. Look at God. These same people doing all of that complaining, telling you how this won't work. Now they're working harder than you work. They're doing more than you did. And they started out telling how you wouldn't get it to work. Now they ended up handing out food. So we will encounter people who have a lot to say. And it's up to us to stay on the course and to know that God we serve is a multiplier. He is a God that does not make mistakes. We are not mistakes. The decisions that he gives us are not mistakes. They're not bad decisions. It's up to us to stay on course, to stay focused, and stay recharged, and continue to press towards the mark. Somebody say amen. amen. The key here that I believe God wants us to see is that Jesus recognized his source and where he was getting his power from. He looked up to heaven and then blessed what he had. He was thankful for what he had, although initially it looked like it wasn't enough. It ended up being an abundance. Jesus was happy for what he had. He didn't have the biggest house. He didn't have the fanciest car. He didn't have the newest iPhone. He didn't have the newest Android. He didn't have the new shoes, the new pants, the new belt. But he was happy with what he had. And it ended up being more than enough. Somebody say more than enough. More than oh, y'all better say it like when you get home, you're going to have more than enough. Say more than enough. More Amen. Than enough. So this is another key. Jesus didn't fuss and make a big deal when the disciple came to him and said, we only have five loaves and two fish. Jesus said, give it to me. Jesus said, give it to me. And when he said, give it to me, he was able to multiply. And that's what he's telling us. Jesus is telling us the same thing. Give it to me. The problems that you have, Jesus is saying, give it to me. The situation that you can't fix, Jesus is saying, give it to me. That problem with finances, Jesus is saying, give it to me. The problem with your car, Jesus is saying, give it to me. The problem with your neighbors, Jesus is saying, give it to me. He's got his hands out. He stands at the door and knock. He just wants us to come in and give it to somebody. Say, give it to him. Give it to Jesus. Amen. Certain situations and circumstances just need to be given to Jesus. He would have worked it out while we're still trying to figure it out. That takes us to our next point. Recharge when you are needed. Recharge when you are needed. I love this word. I love how you can play with the word recharge, and it means so much. So I can be talking about recharging a battery. I can be talking about a person sitting down and relaxing and getting recharged. I can be talking about this next point after this that is so amazing of how we need to recharge. 
it's going to blow your mind. You're not even going to believe that you can recharge in this way in the midst of your times of trouble, your times of, of health problems, your time of not having enough money. God is showing us that we can still recharge. Somebody say amen. amen. So Jesus needed a charge when he became the power source. Jesus was able to let the multitude plug into his blessings and he created healing out of his pain. See, Jesus was going through pain, but he was still recognized as the source of power to recharge others. He put his own recharging need to the side and became the charger. Isn't that amazing? He put his own recharging needs to the side. His cousin just died, and he became the charger. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> wow. We must understand that sometimes when we need a recharge, we really just need to recharge, charge again. But this time with renewed energy and strength as we were on a mission. We're in, we're, we recharge in a way to get our second wind. Ever find yourself working and you're pretty tired to begin with? You're pretty tired and you're still working and working. Next thing you know, you get your second win. You get that recharge, and now you're just really killing it. You're getting strong. You were doing one box at a time. Now you're doing like three at a time. In the midst of the uh, situation you were dealing with, you was able to recharge. He was able to get his second win and charge forward to continue his purpose. His ability to recharge led to another miracle, and these are some of the greatest and most memorable miracles that took place in the Bible. He healed the sick and fed the multitude, over 5,000 people, with five loaves and two fish. Just by being able to recharge, just by being able to charge again is when you're going to do some of the greatest things that you've ever done. In the midst of your sickness, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of the stuff going on with your family, those are some of your greatest blessings going to come forth. Those are some of the things when you really have to gird up enough strength, when you have to gird up enough courage, when you have to gird up en enough ability and keep going forth and, and don't have this pity party because when you have this party, you, in you involve all these other things to have a pity party. Jealousy comes in. Uh, you invited them. You send an invitation to envy. You send an invitation to strife. You send an invitation to a uh, woe is me. You send an invitation to all these people when you have a pity party. So you don't want to have a pity party, so don't give out those type of invitations. Let's look at verse 20. Check this out. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about five thousand men besides women and children. Remember, Jesus has just lost a family member and he's still charging forward. He just lost a family member, just went through a drastic situation, but he's still able to charge forward. So don't tell me it can't be done. Don't tell me you can't do it. Don't tell me you got to sit in your room with the door locked eating a basket of ice cream and popcorn because something happened in your situation that you are able to praise God for and to recharge yourself and get out. Don't tell me you can't do it. Don't tell me it can't be done because Jesus did it. Yes. 
It can be done. Somebody say amen. amen. But it's okay, though. To, that's why we have each other for fellowship and for encouragement. That's why we come around each other. That's why the multitude came around him. So I'm not saying, don't think that I'm, I'm one way saying that you're not in, able to get into a situation. But that's why the multitude came around originally, to encourage him and to support him. So we still need that support structure. We still need that encouragement. We still need those people around us. We still need that fellowship. Uh, the Bible, Psalms 30, uh, what, 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's still important for that fellowship. It's still in court, important for us to, to rally together and to build one another up. Because when two or three are gathered together, he's in the midst. So I'm not saying don't do that. You still want to do that. But at the same time, uh, you do what you have to do and you get up and, and, and pull yourself up by your bootstraps like my mom used to say. So everybody around you will have an opportunity to eat and be filled as you extend the hand of Jesus and show forth the unconditional love of Christ. Not the type of love that says, I will treat you a certain way because you treat me a certain way, but show forth the love that is not bound by conditions. The love that's unconditional. The love that sees no conditions. The love that's not tit for tat, the love not that if you come this far, I'll come that far, the love not that if you give me $20, I'll give you $25, not that conditional love, that unconditional love, you cuss me out, I'm still going to love you, if you roll your eyes at me, I'm still going to love you, if you don't treat me like part of the family, I'm still going to love you, if you don't want to be my friend, I'm still going to love you, no matter what, that unconditional love, somebody say amen. You don't really know that person, but you bless them anyway. These people over here treat you bad, but you still bless them anyway. The main point is you don't have that much yourself, but you still have enough to go around and have some left over. Somebody say, God is blessing me with an overflow. Oh, man, y'all don't even believe it. Y'all don't even. You got to say it like you know it with authority. Authority, and you, you're telling your friend, you're telling your family that God is blessing you with an overflow. Somebody say, God is blessing me with an overflow. Yes, you better receive it. God is making a way where it seems to be no way. Somebody say, recharge. This leads us to our last and final point, and this is where the word recharge takes on a different meaning. Recharge and come back to do great things. Matthew uh, chapter 14, starting at verse 22, it says this. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. He's getting recharged again. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. The wind was contrary. The wind was not in agreement. The wind was doing whatever it wanted to do. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. See, I told you there was another meaning for the word recharge, and it means to have a new strength or energy to continue something that takes effort. A new surge of energy after a period of mental or physical exhaustion. 
getting a second wind while pushing past the hurt and pain when it feels as if you have no more charge left. It means to push through an obstacle or obstruction in your path when you don't feel like it. It means to gird up enough energy and strength and push your way through when it seems like you can't make it through. In the midst of the darkness, we understand that it's light on the other side, but it's up to us to look at the definition of recharge and continue to push through knowing that the light is on the other side. So God showed me something profound about this word. So as we break down the word recharge, we're not looking at it from the receiving standpoint, but just like Jesus as the charger. The Bible states that the wind was contrary. The wind was not in agreement with what he wanted to do and did not want him to accomplish his goal, which was to make it to the boat safely. You may be so close to your boat, but there are obstacles in your way that will not allow you to get where God wants you to go. You're predestined, your will, his will, so many distractions all around you. The wind was blowing hard and it was howling and, and pressing and the waves were running up and the boat was, was, uh, was about 10 miles out and it was 3 o'clock in the morning because he was coming uh, late in the night after he had came from rest. So he was dealing with so many things and this contrary wind uh, was going for his, the, the issue that he was facing was contrary. He was facing the wind and facing the waves and that's an issue in our lives. We may be facing something that's contrary to our goals, something that's contrary to our destiny, something that's contrary to our desires in life, something that's contrary to our vision, contrary to our purpose, contrary to our agreement, standing in the way between you and what God has for you, and now it is up for you. Will you walk on the water in the midst of the storm? Will you walk on the water in the midst of the storm? The situation is contrary. The situation looks grim. The situation is not the best. And I know some of us have faced that situation that has not been perfect. But he's telling you to push forward in the midst that as long as you can see that boat down the road, you keep pushing. As long as you know that you're going to get to that boat and meet your destiny, you keep pushing. As long as you know you're going in the right direction. Jesus knew the right direction. He knew that he was going in the right direction, but at the same time, he was facing something contrary. He was facing something against him, something contrary, something that didn't want him to make it to his destination, something that didn't want to make him to his destiny. It doesn't have to be as big as an ocean. It doesn't have to be as big as a sea. It doesn't have to be winds. It doesn't have to be high waves. You know what your contrary situation is in life. You know what that thing is that's contrary, that's not letting you get to that point that you need to be. You know what that contrary situation is, but you have to let that situation know that come hell or high water, you will not bow down to that situation. I don't care. I'm going to go through that contrary situation. I'm not giving up because Jesus is my source. Jesus is my strength. Jesus is my charger. I'm going to recharge and continue to go forth and do what God has for me. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say recharge. recharge. 
This word has two parts that start with the prefix re, means to do again. And the root word charge means to have a large quantity of explosives set aside that all go off at once. That dunamis type of power, that dunamis type of charge. Explosions have a charge. So we're talking about a charge. An expeditious rush towards someone or something, that charge that you get to make a sudden attack upon, that charge is what we're looking at. Maybe there's something blocking your blessing, keeping you from your breakthrough. So you need to recharge. You need to recharge. You need to recharge. You stopped and you gave up because you gave in, but you need to recharge. Not to plug into a source because you plugged into the power source. You're not, you have a, a, a power line that's like the adapter that the kids have on their phone that they can still take their phone everywhere. We can take Jesus everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. So we have that source. We have that power source. We're plugged into the source, and it's up to us to recharge. Means to charge again with newfound strength, with that dunamis power, with that charge that's going to break down that wall, that charge is going to break down that contrary situation that we're facing, that charge that's not going to give up. As long as we stay plugged into that power source. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So check this out right here. There's a war occurring on one side, and one side of the army moves forward vigorously toward the other side of the army in an act of charging. And the fight is raging along, and then the men hear their commander, the guy in charge, from the midst of the battle saying, charge! So what is taking place now, that same group that was already battle-torn, bloody, fighting for their lives, on their hind legs, just really giving it a shot. And then they hear that cry. They hear that battle. They hear that statement that's giving them that extra energy. They hear that charge symbol. They were tired. They were defeated. They thought they were gone. They were goners. They didn't have enough strength. But they heard. But they heard. Jesus is telling us to charge. We may be right there about to give up, about to give in, and that battle is brewing, that fight is coming. But we hear our commander, our commander who's the mighty God. Our commander is the powerful God. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. <coughs> He's telling us to charge. Hallelujah. Somebody say charge. charge. <coughs> I need 10 people to say charge. So you've been in a situation and you're a little tired and upset and it may not have went exactly like you wanted it to go, but God is telling you to charge. Somebody say charge. When you get tired and you feel drained, you need to recharge. Even in the midst of a situation that didn't go your way, you need to recharge when it didn't work right the first time. You need to recharge. When he is asking for our help, you need to recharge. They may not like us. But you need to recharge. You just got home and you sat down and they need your assistance. You need to recharge. They're calling you on the phone and they want you to bring them something to eat. You need to recharge. When you check your bank account and it's not looking like you want it to look, you need to recharge. When your back is hurting and you know you got so much to do, you need to recharge. When you got the people talking on the phone and you know they're talking about it, but you 
need to bless them anyway, and you need to recharge when you're coming and working. Somebody want to talk junk to you. You just need to bless them and recharge when you're running into all of these situations and circumstances, and they look grim. You just need to recharge when God gives you an opportunity to do it better. You need to recharge when you're Family members are sick. You need to recharge when your money is looking a little funny. You need to recharge. Sometimes it's not about you. It's about other people. And you need to recharge when you have an opportunity to help somebody. You need to recharge. Uh, initially, you need to recharge. Somebody say recharge. recharge. So I'm battling all of these situations and circumstances, and they're weighing on me. Check this out. They're weighing on me. They're pushing me back. I'm fighting these situations. I'm fighting the, I know what my situations are. I know what my circumstances are. I know what I'm dealing with. I know what they are. I know what they are. And I'm battling them. And I'm battling them. They're making me tired. I feel sick. I feel wore out. I just feel battle torn and ruined and frustrated and I just feel down but God is telling me my mighty God my powerful God the God that I serve the God that I love the king of Judah the lion of the tribe of Judah the Jehovah Jireh my provider the Jehovah Rapha my healer the God that heals me Jehovah Sidkenu Jehovah Shalom God of peace He's the will in the middle of a will. He is telling me to charge. Somebody say recharge. God is telling us to recharge. There's a time in our lives when we want to sit down. We want to relax. But God is telling us to recharge. Recharge your situation. Recharge your marriage. Recharge your connection. Recharge your friendship. Recharge your tithing. Recharge your praying. Recharge your studying. Recharge your family. Recharge your fellowship. Recharge your work habits. Recharge your cleaning. Recharge your cooking. Recharge your sewing. Recharge your love. Recharge your strength. Recharge your nourishment. Recharge! We have to understand that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have the power to recharge. My battery may be low, but I'm plugged to the source. When I'm connected to the source, that little, that little sign, that uh, little lightning bolt that I see when I'm connected to the source, that lightning bolt is always shining. That lightning bolt is always on. Because I'm connected to the source. In the midst of the situation, I'm going to be able to recharge. Somebody say recharge. We have to understand that greater is he that's in me. See, you got to really know it deep down because he's in you because the charge is in you. And when the charge is in you, no matter how tired you are, you're constantly in a level of recharging that makes you recharge. You're being recharged. So you're able to recharge. Somebody say amen. So when we understand that greater is he that 
that is in me and he's in the world. You understand that you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You can do all things through him that strengthens you. All things are possible if you believe. The enemy is defeated and we start letting him know because we're hooked up to the source. Now we're walking like the source. When Jesus said, give it to me, we're able to command things like Jesus did. Jesus said, give it to me. So we're able to say that, give it to me. Give me my health back. Give me my strength back. Give me my family back. Give me my healing back. Give me my money back. Give me my life back. Give me my friends back. Give me my neighbors back. Give me my church back. Give me my kids back. Give me my car back. We're able to command those things because we're hooked up to the source. And that power source that's connected with the lightning bolt going through it gives us the ability to stay charged. It's up to us. This is how you don't have the charge. Watch this, watch this. This is how you lose your charge. Watch this, brother Hal. When you disconnect. You lose your charge when you disconnect. How do you disconnect? Woe is me. Woe is me. I can't help nobody. I can't help myself. I'm going in here and get this butter pecan ice cream. Where's the remote to Netflix? Let me get my phone and, and go and do this. And you plug. You pull the plug from the charger, from the main source. Of course your battery is going to die. Your battery is going to drain because you're not connected to the charger. But once you recharge, once you recharge and you get the lightning bolt going down because you're connected to the source, you're able to command things. I love it when Jesus, when the, the disciples said all of this negative stuff, the wind was contrary. He was facing a situation that was contrary. We're facing situations that are contrary every day. The Bible, I didn't make that up. It's in New King James Version. The Bible said the wind was contrary. Situations are contrary. Circumstances are contrary. How are you going to tackle it? Jesus was able to make it to the boat when the winds were contrary. Situations not going to be in our favor. People are not going to be in our favor. But we have to map out our course and stay on course and keep our eye on the prize. Somebody say recharge. I need you to stand up and face that contrary situation. Get in your mind that contrary situation you're facing. We just talked about this army. This army was on their hind legs. And now, right now, you have that contrary situation. The Bible said the waves were contrary. The Bible said the waves were contrary facing Jesus. Jesus had to go 10 miles out, 3 a.m. in the morning. He just lost his best friend, John, who was beheaded. The disciples were able to get the body but they couldn't get the head. Herodias had the head. They didn't get the whole body. So Jesus was still upset because he was facing the contrary situation. So in our mind, 
We know what that contrary situation is, but now we see Jesus continue to walk. And we see that contrary situation. In our mind, we are still walking. We're still walking. We're walking it out. We're knowing that the situation has to go. The situation is no longer in our way because we're breaking through that situation. And then I love when Jesus said this, give it to me. Give it to me. So now's our time to give it to Jesus. God, we give it to you. Lord, we give this contrary situation to you, God, because you're big enough to take it. You're mighty enough to take it. You're powerful enough to take it, oh God. We give it to you. We're plugged up to the source, oh God. We're connected to the source. We're connected to you, oh God, that you have the power, that dunamis power, that dynamite power, that explosive power, oh God, to break down the wall. To break it down, oh God. To break down those walls. Break down those contrary situations. And we want to hear you say one more thing, oh God. We're in the midst of the battle. We're in the midst of the fight. We're waiting for you to say that one thing. We're waiting for you to say that one thing, oh God. And then they will wait for their commander. Jesus is our commander. They were on their toes, about to be beaten, bloody, clothes ripped, sword all dinged up. They were down and out on the last dollar, on the last cent. Bills may not have been getting paid. Children hadn't been listening on the last cent. And they just heard one thing, one thing they needed to hear. They heard Jesus say, charge! Somebody say, charge! You got to say it like you mean it. You have to recharge with newfound strength. You have to say charge. And when you say it, you have to believe it. You have to believe it knowing that you're going right through that contrary situation. You're going right through those enemies. You're knocking down that wall. That mountain has to go. That negative situation has to go. The enemy is under your feet. God will make the enemy our footstool. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Now give him all the praise, Amen. the highest praise. Hallelujah. 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 When the praises go up, the blessings come down. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. Hallelujah is the highest praise. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. Ha, receive your blessings. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you, Lord. Thank you, O God, for not listening to the disciples telling you that five loaves and two fish wasn't enough. What we have is enough. You just want us to be faithful in a little, and you will make it much. We're faithful in you. We're not going to disconnect. We're going to stay plugged in the source, oh God. 
help us to remember that just as our bodies must be renewed by proper rest, our spirit must be renewed by spending time with you, O oh God. Time with you in prayer. Time with you in Bible study. Time with you in worship. We know that you are the ultimate power source. And all power comes from you, O oh God. Give us the power to charge others. Give us the power to help others. Give us the power to help our family. Give us the power to recharge. If it didn't go right the first time, let us charge again. Give us a second chance. Give us another chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, oh God. Help us, Lord. Help us as we recharge. Teach us how to properly recharge others as well as ourselves. We thank you, O oh God. And we will forever give your name all the glory, honor, and the praise. In Jesus' mighty, holy, wonderful, magnificent, loving, caring name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.